Welcome back to the Adventist City Ministries podcast. I'm Andrew. And I'm Jeff. And I'm Bob. Well, I hope you're doing well today. I'm having a good time. We are going to get into Daniel chapter 6 today. So Jeff, would you please pray for us? Sure. Father in heaven, we just pray that you'll be with us now as we read your word. We pray, Lord, that you'll give us understanding beyond ourselves, that we might hear you speak to us about the story of Daniel and the lion's den, and that it'll speak to folks today in their lives as well. So give us understanding and wisdom. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So we've seen Daniel go on quite the journey. Where we are right now is that he's getting to be an old man. He's seen a lot of political intrigue and action, and now he's at a place where his faith is tested yet once again. Yeah, it's um, the end of the 70 years of, of uh, captivity that Israel was subjected to. Babylon has fallen. We looked at that last time. And uh, yet God still has, has some use for, for this old man, probably somewhere in his mid-80s at this point. And uh, a new power has come, come to the forefront, the Medes and the Persians. Darius uh, is, is king in Babylon right now, and uh, Daniel finds himself in a tough spot. Yeah, we don't get to retire from God's no, work, do we? I mean, it's, this guy's getting challenged at a, a point in time where he should be resting from his labor, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, let's jump into the text. Daniel chapter 6, verse 1. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom and over these three governors of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him and the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful nor was there any error or fault found in him. Then these men said, We shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So these governors and satraps thronged before the king and said thus to him, King Darius, live forever. All the governors of the kingdom, the administrators and satraps, the counselors and advisors have consulted together to establish a royal statute and make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. Yeah, so here we have, we have uh, Daniel once again um, appointed to a, a really a high position of authority, one of these three governors to oversee the, the realm of Babylon. The only thing is, Daniel was an honest guy, <laughs> and apparently the other guys weren't. Yeah, that's not such a good thing for being a politician. Uh, right, and so um, they're not really, and, and because Daniel is doing so well, Dari, uh, Darius gets the idea, well, maybe I'll just put him in charge of the whole thing, you know, make sure I'm not getting ripped off here, and, and that the taxes are being, and nobody's skimming. It's, in, it's interesting to me now, too, that this, this new story with a new administration, so to speak, before Daniel was kind of grouped with all the religious people and the other stories, this time it's the politicians. Right. Right. It, it's a different ad, administrator. It probably goes to the heart of what what's the issue is at hand, because now we're looking at politics and, and laws and things like that are being brought up. Right. And you can kind of infer from from what's going on is here is that Daniel's honesty is really kind of 
interfering with their ability to kind of get their little piece of the action that uh, out of out of uh, their their situation. So they have to find a way to do away with them. The first thing they do is like, well, he's got to be skimming like everybody else. Let's look into his affairs. We'll go through him with a fine tooth comb. We bring it to the king, and you know, they we got him. They, they can't find anything. Oh. Bummer, right? You know, so so they get another idea. Uh, plan B is like, well, I know this guy is a religious guy. So let's see if we can put that. Let's see if we can use that as a wedge. Yeah, I, I kind of want to go back to what you just said, Bob, because I'm thinking about that for a moment. And I'm thinking to myself about how, how it is for us to do it today and how important it is for us to have integrity in all our dealings with unbelievers because we can't, we can't give them any excuse because of our behavior to shun the God of heaven. You know, we can't, we, we can't allow that to happen. And, you know, and if they, uh, I imagine if they're trying to um, do something about our situation, that, that ultimately they will turn to uh, religious reasons. Right. Or, right. It's integrity in everything, isn't it really? Because like, imagine, you know, imagine somebody said they decided to go through all your tax returns. Right. right? There's, there's people in that are big corporate business people that they don't, yeah. they don't like that idea. You just reminded me that tax season is coming up. Thank you. <laughs> but it's but, taxing, but yeah, it's like, and, and, and you know, how often do we sell our integrity right. for such, yeah. for, for just pennies for little things, for little things, you know, or are we tempted to, I shouldn't say we do it because right. that's an accusation, but you know, how often does the devil to, to tempt us to do that? Nobody will know, you know, nobody will know. And, but now Daniel wasn't like that. He was honest and and upright in everything he did, and and so they had to turn to another another uh, another device here, and they use uh, the law of the Medes and the Persians. They knew exact. First off, you notice they lied, right? They said, "Look, we, sat, we all the governors and us sat down and we had this discussion." Well, obviously Daniel wasn't there <laughs> to come up with this plan. And <laughs> hey, I've got a great idea. Let's make a law that incriminates me. Yeah. So, so they, they come up with this plan and they lay it before Darius. And, and, and to him, it seems like a good idea. Uh, politically, it may seem like a good idea because it's, you know, he's new, right? It's the, 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 they've, they've just taken over the kingdom here. And so for a time, he wants to, you know, he wants to solidify his authority in, in the realm of Babylon. So, from a political standpoint, he's going, yeah, that, okay, that makes sense. You know, let's, 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 let's make sure that everybody knows who's the boss here. But that wasn't their mo- That wasn't their real motive. No power. It's always about power. Okay. So we're going to jump in. At, um, let's go to verse 10 then. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home and in his upper room with his windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as was his custom since early days. Can we just stop there yeah. a second? Because this is, this is incredible to me. Um, because Daniel, it says when he found out, in other words, he's not doing this in, from a point of ignorance. He says, he knows what the decree is. He goes ahead and he goes up to his, his room as he's done his whole life and prays openly to his God. Now, Think about it. it. This the decree had a had a, a time limit on it, didn't it? Thirty days, and there's no biblical injunction. There's no biblical command that says you have to pray a certain way. And yet Daniel, you know, why didn't he just close the windows for thirty days? Yeah. 
So this, this again, this says something about Daniel and, 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 and the kind of person he was, doesn't it? Yeah, and also that they were spying on him, yeah. you know, ahead of time, you know, because they knew that this was an act that would, in fact, you know, uh, be a contradiction to the law that they established. And so they immediately were there to watch to see if it mm-hmm. happened. Eyewitnesses of the, the crime, so to speak. Yeah, we saw you. We know. Yeah, but, but, but what intrigues me is like Daniel could walk, he, he could have gone to his prayer closet. Right, he know? could have closed the door. He could have closed the door. So why, why, what is it that, why didn't he do that? I wonder. And, 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 you know, as I thought about it, it's, it's because see Daniel's whole life had been like an open window, right? He'd been, he'd, God sent him there to be his ambassador, to represent him and to do that, to do something like that now would be to deny really his, his 80 years of existence up into this point. He's not going to fold under this, this pressure. I got to say too, here, it's a little, this is a little off text, but there's something here that is beneficial to us today too. And that is, uh, I think about two things in my daily life in Christ that are important. And one of them is prayer and the other is Bible study. And we're kind of seeing here a pattern for prayer in our lives, right? These were intentional prayer times that Daniel made and he did them three times a day. And, um, you know, many of us, including myself, we struggle with one time a day. And sometimes I fall asleep in that one time. I mean, I'm talking to God all day long, trying to practice his presence, but this is intentional time of prayer. And the second one is that it's instruction given to Joshua um, by Moses. He said, you know, that this book of the law, you should dwell on it day and night. And and if you do, you're going to have good success. And so um, meditate on it and dwell on it. So, you know, there's this kind of pattern that we can have in our lives of, you know, thinking about the word of God in the morning and the evening is very important. Um, most for most of us, the evening's more important than the morning because if at least that's been my experience and, and to have these intentional times of prayer, I, mm-hmm. I know that that's kind of off topic, but people are often wondering why is it that I'm not having success in my spiritual walk and, and that takes a lot of perseverance, doesn't it? Does. It? It, does it, take, does. it takes perseverance, not, not just discipline, but persever- to persevere in prayer. You know, to, okay, I'm going to do this, right? even though maybe I don't feel like it today, or, you know, if I'm having a bad day, maybe I got to get over that before I talk. No, you have to, I think you, you need to be deliberate about it. I know that's for me, yeah. uh, uh, speaking personally, that I have to, I have to persevere in these things. But that's part of, you know, that old song, Dare to Be a Daniel. Right. Part of it is that perseverance, right? It's just a, it's, you know, we often think of, well, it's his experience in the dramatic events that happen. No, his, the, the dare to be a Daniel is to persevere with God mm-hmm. in prayer. And, and I think it's funny that this practice that he's had for a lifetime, that these governors and satraps and these higher ups that have always, it's the same type of people who have always accused him. That was the, the, the method which he was able to, you know, that's where his power came yeah, from. Just, yeah, it was his uncompromising constant. Yeah, right. And that's <laughs> and all the examples of the miraculous things that he was able to do by you know deciphering Nebuchadnezzar's dream and uh, the Hebrew boys going through the the flames of the furnace. That I mean, that was their source of that was his source of power, their source of power. And it's like for for people to think that oh, if we catch you here, then you're not going to have power. Right. Like, no, that's. A it's sort of it's irony, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's also his source of wit. It's also a point of witness to him. That's yeah. why. He, that's why he had kept those windows open, and he went and refused to shut him. He wasn't going to shut down his witness. Jumping in at verse eleven, 
Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. And they went before the king and spoke concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions any God or man within 30 days, except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? And the king answered and said, The thing is true according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter. So they answered and said before the king that Daniel, who is one of the captives of Judah, does not show due regard for you, O king, or for the decree that you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. And the king, when he heard these words, was greatly displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men approached the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is the law of the Medes and the Persians that no decree or statute which the king established establishes may be changed. So the king gave the command, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, Your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Then a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring, and with the signet of his lords, that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. So Darius knows he's got plagued, right? Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> I mean, you know, these guys had no forethought, right? I mean, because they had to know the king was going to immediately figure it out. But maybe they just thought, well, Daniel will be out of the way. So, you know, what's he going to do? Somebody's got to run the country. Right. Yeah. What's he going to do? But, well, God has different things intended here for Daniel. And uh, I just, it's interesting that it says that the king was very distressed. It tells you about the relationship between him and right. Daniel right away. That, and also that... Daniel had been a witness to this king because he, the king noticed that he continually served his God. I wish people knew that about me a little bit more, you know, in my dealings in everyday life. Yes, it seems like just as, as in the case of Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel was influencing Darius here um, into a, a, an understanding, a true understanding of his God as well. Um, and it shows you that it's not always what we say in life. It's how we conduct ourselves that people, that's what people are noticing. So, you know, we go back to the idea that Jesus says the gospel needs to be spoken of, right? But it also needs to be witnessed. And Daniel's that example here in his life. Well, here we have in, in this, this part of uh, the passage, we have the real, I, what I think is the, you know, the crux uh, for us to understand in, um, uh, in this chapter, this, this lesson. And that is this, this, this disconnect between the king and the king's law. Um, the king here is kind of, tr he can't do anything. He's trapped by it. He's actually in opposition to his law. His desire is that Daniel not, he knows, he knows this is in, unjust, that, that he got tricked, he, got, he, got, uh, he was deceived, and if he had known the intent, there is no way that he would have made this declaration because um, he had great respect for Daniel. He, he, he was thinking of putting him in charge of everything. And yet the decree here is, has left him totally powerless to do anything to save Daniel. And I think that's part of the, of the, 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 the takeaway that we can understand in the, that we're Babylon when we looked at Babylon, we saw that, that there was this whole misrepresentation about you know, who God was and, 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 and what he was like. And, and Nebuchadnezzar came to understand that how he was sovereign. And, and, but here we have, we have a, a, a different um, a distortion, and it's a distortion between the relationship between the king, God, and, and his law. And it's a distortion that Satan has capitalized from forever 
all the way back to Eden, right? All the way back to mm-hmm. coming to, 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 to Eve and saying, what did God really say? Thou shalt not eat of the tree. He does, he, he's just trying to keep something from you. So, so all the way back there, he tried to put a, a wedge between God and, and, his, and his law. And that, that's something that, that, that we still deal with today. And there's even Christians who, who, who have bought into that, that kind of thinking that, well, God and his law are, are somehow not in harmony with each other. So you're saying that because of how the, the Medes had this idea that they couldn't change the law, that that's... That's what God is, is like because his law doesn't change. He loves us no matter what, but yet he has certain boundaries. Um, right. And that if we were to violate those, you know, that yeah. there's consequences. Well, see, the, the, only, the only one that can, the, the problem with the Medes and the Persians is because they're, they're, human, humans can't make, human beings can't make a perfect law. Only a perfect being can make a perfect law. And, and, and it's God who, who, who it was able to establish with that perfect law. And it really boils down to God's laws really boils down to us, how we treat each other and how we relate to him. And that principle is called agape in the New Testament. And so, so, so this misrepresentation here of an irrevocable law in the Medes and the Persians, that concept is something that has carried forward in, sometimes in, our, in, in, in Christian, even Christian thinking about the God's law. Yeah, and it, it's also evident that with the, the Medes and Persians law that there is no grace, especially in this story, like it is. I mean, he, you break it, you die. Well, right. and there's no way to save. No way, Remember, no way to save. The king can't save. Right. The king stayed up all night trying, trying to, to find a way to, how to save him. Well, of the course, es- the essential yes. element of the New Testament is just the opposite. Exactly. Though. And so this really is the antagonistic to the truth about God. Exactly, about God and his law. Yeah. It, it is antagonistic. Right. And that's, that's interesting because how does God save? It's, it's through somebody getting put into a, a pit uh, and a stone is rolled on top. And then afterwards they come out alive. Uh, and very much it's so. It's a miracle. Yes. So we see it in the life of Jesus. And, 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 so. and both of those... Both of those things were sealed, too. Right. Now the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting, and no musicians were brought before him. Also his sleep went from him. Then the king rose very early in the morning and went in haste to the den of lions. And when he had come to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the kings, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. And now the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no injury whatever was found in him because he believed in his God. Uh, Verse 24. And the king gave the command and they brought those men who had accused Daniel and they cast them into the den of lions, them, their children and their wives. And the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces before they ever came to the bottom of the den. Then King Darius wrote to all peoples, nations and languages that dwell in all the earth. Peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is one which shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall endure to the end. He, delivered, he delivers and rescues, and he works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. Who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions? So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius, 
and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. So Daniel says, I was innocent before God, right? You know, when, when Darius comes. And yet he still spent the night in the lion's den. It's interesting to me. It does, just because we're, we're, we're innocent before God, and in Jesus Christ, that's certainly the case, isn't it? Um, when, we, when we respond in faith to the gospel, then God sees us as, as innocent before him. But, but we still sometimes find ourselves you know, in the lion's den. That's true. And sometimes it seems an awful lot. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it seems more often than a singular moment. And uh, it's a great point, Robert. Jesus said, if you follow me, you will be persecuted, right? And so it is the experience of the followers of Jesus Christ to have this experience. But it's to the end of what we see happens to this king, because it comes out in what he has to say. He, he says about God in heaven, he says, he rescues and he saves. And that points right to the grace of Jesus Christ yeah. and, and the God in heaven, that he is a rescuer and a savior. And so Daniel, um, once again, has participated in something that now becomes universally known to the whole world in one fell swoop. It's amazing how now, God works. Did you notice what Daniel said when Darius made his, his, his plea in the morning? He said, my God has sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth. Now, I wonder if there was Daniel actually saw an angel there, or I, I wonder if he was thinking of the Psalm of David in Psalm 91, where it says, for the Lord shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra and the young lion and the serpent. You shall, you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him, and I will set him on high, because he has known my name. That's Psalms 91, 14, uh, 11 to 14. I wonder if Daniel had that psalm in his mind while he's <laughs> there amongst the lion, that no, the, the lions can't harm me, because God will send, it, send his angel here. And we have tremendous promises in the Bible. Just like Daniel, I think we can, we can claim those things. I think we so often don't, don't we? Do we? You know, we... We so often, our faith is so, uh, so little. But here's a man of great faith who, uh, who, who, who spent the night with the lions, hungry lions, whose mouths were shut by God's angel. And it's, it goes to the ultimate, too, and that is this, that, you know, we have an adversary, and, and he goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And so that truth remains today that even in the ultimate situation of mm -hmm. facing off with Satan in our lives that the angel of the Lord can shut his mouth mm. you know and we don't have to be in fear of that encounter just as Daniel was in Amen Alright well we want to thank you guys for joining us again we want to thank all the new listeners that we have we'd really love if you could go to the Apple Podcast app and give us a review so other people can see uh, what they're going to get into and how you've enjoyed uh, this series so again thanks for listening I'm Andrew and I'm Jeff I'm Bob God bless till next time <laughs>